Now connecting you to the College Sports Connection Podcast. I'm your host, Alex the Captain. Joining me as always, AJ the Guru. Hey, what's going on, everybody? All right, AJ, we've had a fun month of July already. Had a great week with Mike Fleck from Ball State talking about the Ball State golf program. Mm-hmm. Now we have some baseball to talk about. We are a week away from the Major League Baseball season. I didn't think we'd have it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a long time coming now. Yeah, absolutely. And joining us tonight is a good friend of mine. He went to Central Michigan University, where he announced for Central Michigan's women's basketball, women's lacrosse, the baseball and softball team. He also co-hosted the AJ and Richie show at Central Michigan. Ladies and gentlemen, special guest, Tyler Richards. Tyler, thank you so much for joining us, man. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Alex and AJ. Absolutely, man. For those who are following along, Tyler also is a co-host for the Underrated Show podcast. So if you guys get the chance, check that out. That's available on SoundCloud, right, Tyler? That is correct. Awesome. Awesome. So let's go ahead and dive right in. I figured, you know, we've got a Cincinnati Reds fan, a Cleveland Indians fan, and a Chicago Cubs fan. We all have a little bit of history with each other over the last couple of years. Let's go ahead and kick it off with the Cleveland Indians and talk about some American League Central baseball. Yeah, I think the uh, Central is going to be tough this year. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting, too, because I think Minnesota was at the top of the division. Obviously, they were at the end of last year even though the mm-hmm. Tribe made it close towards the end. I still think Minnesota overall is the best team in the division. The Indians are going to still push them. But look at guys like the Royals, they're hit or miss. You know, there's really no mm-hmm. consistency in the Royals organization right now. But the team that's really going to surprise a lot of people, I think, this year, obviously it's only 60 games, but especially next year if we get a full season, is the Detroit Tigers. You look at yeah. their young rotation, their young staff through the minor league system, their new draft pick this year, the kid from Vanderbilt, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And kid this kid is just hitting, he's hitting bombs left and right. Arizona and, State, you know, actually. He was Arizona State. Okay. The first, I guess, what was it? the first overall pick was Vandy. First overall pick was Arizona State. Was it? Uh, yes. Was it? Okay, okay. Maybe it was. But yeah, anyways. It sounds the, like the, Tyler uh, watched the draft. We didn't. <laughs> yeah, we didn't. I had nothing else to uh, do. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the Tigers are going to be really good in the next couple of years. The White Sox, every year for some reason, they get – and, Tyler, you're in the region, so you're not far from Chicago, so you see all the Chicago news. And the White Sox are always just hyped up. You know, last year there was a lot of hype going into their season. They've got a great young rotation, a great young staff, and they didn't really do anything. They were under 500, mm-hmm. under 500 for the year. So, I think really it's going to end up coming – it's just so hard to judge with 60 games. You're not gonna you're gonna get everybody's best, but it's not gonna be a lot just because there's not a lot to offer. You know, rotations pitching wise, these guys aren't going to be throwing seven, eight inning games like they normally do. You know, they throw in four or five inning games. And so rotations are gonna be really interesting to follow. Um, as I was on my flight home today from uh, those Montana to Chicago on United, they had Direct TV and they were replaying 
I caught the tail end of the Yankees-Mets from last night, and then I watched half of the Indians-Pirates from last night as well. And rotations, like I said, it was three, four innings. These guys were in and out every time. I don't know if you guys saw it with the Yankees or not, but they put it in the cutouts of fans behind home plate. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys saw that or not. But Yeah, uh, that's fantastic. It's, it's a great, I think it started over, overseas with soccer. Those guys started doing it. And yeah. Then, uh, mm-hmm. And that carried over here, but it's a great, great way for you know, fans to still be a part of it in some fashion, uh, some some facet here. But the AL Central, it's going to like it's it's always tough every year. There's usually two or three teams who are pretty solid. I mean, I am excited about the pitching rotation. Though. I think Mike Clevenger, Bieber, Shane Bieber, all those guys, I think they're going to do really well. And mm-hmm. you know, the first, I think we're really going to be able to learn a lot from the first ten to twelve games as they get in the, into the traveling, you know, being on the road, being in a rotation again, things like that. I think we'll learn a lot in those first 10 or 12 games about not only the, not only individual teams, but baseball as a whole. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, Tyler, you can feel free to disagree with me on this, but I think that that's going to be the, the tale of summer. You know, we only get 60 games. And Tyler and I were kind of talking about this in the pre-show. Every single game matters so much more than they have in years past because there's such a small sample size. I think it's going to come down to which team has the deepest bench and the best bullpen more than it has ever. You know, I think a lot of these, a lot of these seasons we see go by, you've got a great starting rotation and then you've got the bats are heating up at the right time. There's not, it's going to be, you're either hot or you're not. And if you're not, you've yourself six games back already you're not making the playoffs. It's just not going to happen this year. No, I definitely can agree with you on that. Uh, if we looked last year, Washington wasn't even in question after the first 60 games to make it to the playoffs. They were dead last or fourth place in the uh, National League East, and then they win the World Series. I mean, it just shows you how big 60 games can be compared to if you have a uh, 162. So it's going to be a big difference. I mean, I like the rotation that the Cubs have bringing him in this year. Definitely with Lester coming in on his final year, you got Chatwood, who's it's either make or break for him. Darvish is on his final year of his option, so he can opt out after this year. I don't think he's going to. I mean, why would you? You're making over $100 million for a team, so I would say he'd stay for another year. And then you got Quintana, who's in his final year of his contract. The only big difference is you lose Cole Hamels as he signs with the Braves for the Cubs. So rotation's different. Bullpen, I have no idea what to say about the bullpen. Half the bullpen's gone. Kinsler's in Miami. Strope's in Cincinnati with the Reds now. Mm -hmm. Uh, You got Kimbrell, who is hit or miss half the time. Kyle Allen's a good reliever. We picked up... Jeffrey Jeffress from Milwaukee. I'm excited to see what he can do because if he gets on fire, he's unstoppable because I remember back when Milwaukee had that one, two, three punch with Knable, Jeffress, and Hayter as the closer, and it was unstoppable. It was like seventh inning, here comes Jeffress. Eighth inning, here comes Knable to set it up. And then ninth inning, to close it out, here comes Hayter, and he is just lightning, unbelievable, with mm-hmm. the fastball and a slider that's over 90 miles an hour. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. And I think that, you know, Chicago, it's it's an interesting thing with Chicago and what what Chicago is going to do. Because now you've got that cross-town, crosstown rivalry means a lot more this year because of the lack of games. And so I think it's going to be really interesting to see the Cubs and the White Sox go head-to-head. 
I'm sitting here and I'm looking at the, the schedule for Cleveland's first eight games. You've got Kansas City. It looks like you've got Kansas City at home. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Kansas City at home. And then you've got the White Sox at home. Your first road test is to Minnesota where you play the Twins. It's very easy that at the end of July, Cleveland could very well be 6-2. and two. Mm-hmm. Great way to start the season. And that was one thing I, meant, I was going to mention here a little bit ago is how important it is this year to get off to a fast start. Because mm-hmm. once you get behind a few games – you're not going to make it out. You, you just won't in this short time span. And especially playing so many of the same teams, what is it, 40 division, 20 out of division? Yeah. And so, yes. If you get back, if you fall back two, three, four games in the first month and a half of the season, you're done. I mean, there's just really no way around it because of the amount of games. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, you know, flipping scripts over to the um, National League Central, Cincinnati, my team, is so notorious for having a first or a great first opening day game and then dropping like eight in a row. And they'll be one and eight, two and seven to start the season. They can typically recover somewhat, get back to close to 500. You drop eight of your first 10 games, there's no way you make the playoffs. It just, it's not going to happen. No, it's going to be a rough, it'd be a rough start to come back from dropping eight of your first 10 games because. It's just impossible because then you've got a good team that's off to a hot start that's leading the division, and your team is basically in the dumps at the bottom of the leaderboard. And mm-hmm. you just got to make a run somehow. You got to have a great August, you got to have a great September, and then possibly you can make the playoffs. But most likely, you're not going to win, but you're probably not going to win the division with that point. Mm-hmm. And speaking right. of getting off to slow starts, who are some teams who you think are in danger of starting off slow? Like for me, I look at the Mets, for example. Mm-hmm. I think they're one of those teams who are going to start off extremely slow. Even though they have a great rotation, but they have Alonzo. I think Cespedes is still there. But that's just about mm-hmm. it, batting-wise. For me, I think you've, gotta, you've almost got to look at Colorado getting off to a slow start. Mm-hmm. They kind of imploded a little bit in the offseason, just dealing with a lot of offseason drama. There was talk at the end of last season about trading Arenado. So I, ch- I think that – and he seems very unhappy being there. I mean, he's happy to play with his teammates, but he just seems unhappy with the ownership and the leadership there. So I think that some of that drama is going to carry over. I think that we're going to see the teams that we kind of all expect to see at the bottom of the division. As a Reds fan, I really hope Pittsburgh starts 0-10. But I think that it's just one of those things. It's so hard to judge because we haven't seen any spring ball. And the spring ball we did see was delayed by, you know, four months. Now we're seeing these pickup, you know, inner squad and, you know, opening day warm-up games. And it's just, there's, please, 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 Cleveland, just, you know, rock Pittsburgh for us. I think, <laughs> I think that's Cleveland's mantra anyway, is just to always beat Pittsburgh and everything forever. But do it especially <laughs> this first run of the season. No, my team that I got that – is could be off to a slow start to start the season. I'm going to go out West and go to the Los Angeles angels. I mean, they've got the best player in baseball, Mike Trout. I'm not going to lie. He's one of the best players. They picked up Anthony Rendon, but they really have no rotation to be honest. And I mean, and then with the leadership of Joe Madden on that team, on that team as your new manager, instead of, and ousting Brad Ausmus, who I don't believe was a good manager, Joe Madden's going to take, it's going to take him a year or two to make the angels in his own shape. It took him, 
he got the pieces right away when he came from Chicago to Chicago mm-hmm. from Tampa. That was the thing. That team was ready to go. And it just needed a good manage, a manager. And Joe Madden yeah. was that man. I think Joe Madden can be that guy in Los Angeles, but it might take a season or two because he needs to get some more pieces for his bullpen and his starting rotation. And really, he doesn't have a closer either. Right. Yeah, no, the Angels, I mean, there's, there's some good pieces, but I think that's, that's part of their thing too is they threw all that money at Mike Trout. Mm-hmm. The, you can't build a team around one player when you give him that much money. And like there's the, the, Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, there's just no money available for anybody else. No, I definitely agree on that because you're paying Mike Trout. He's, I think he's the highest paid baseball player in, player in baseball right now. And then yeah. you've got Albert Pujols, who's at the tail end of his career. I think he maybe has n- another season in him, if that's. Mm-hmm. And like I said, no rotation. You paid Anthony Rendon a buttload of money to come over from Washington. He just won a World Series. Congratulations to him, by the way. But he's still he's still not the best third baseman in the league. Maybe top five, I would say. So is he worth all that money? Yeah, he kind of is. But he does have his slumps. And he's been known to just not hit the ball regularly. Mike Trout, on the other hand, I mean, he's injury prone. We saw it last season. He got injured a little bit, knocked up. He missed a little bit of the season. I understand how he still won MVP, though. That was the thing. I mean, mm-hmm. kudos to him. He's an unbelievable player. I love seeing Mike Trout play. Sure. But when you throw all that money towards one player, you know that team's all in on him to make him the franchise. But you mm-hmm. can't do that because you need to balance it out with some other pieces. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's and that's the that's the difference with those, you know, those big market teams and those small market teams, small market teams, they, they kind of use the the scraps or they get lucky with their farm system and have a great guy come through the farm system. Whereas those bigger market teams like the Los Angeleses and the, you know, the Dallases and, you know, just these bigger cities, they can afford to throw more money to entice a guy like Mike Trout to stay or to move to kind of get what they want. The New York Yankees obviously are, the the biggest culprit of that and I think that that's one of those things too you're going to see the Yankees come out looking really hot they play Washington on opening day uh Max Scherzer I believe is uh throwing out the first pitch that day it's it's one of those things you're going to see a lot of a lot less chemistry I these I mean all these players are going to be on on the edge of their seat because now Everybody has an equal chance at the playoffs. This isn't, you know, all right, we're rounding July, heading to August, and half the teams are in the playoff race. No, we have every single team in baseball can make the playoffs. And I don't think that we're going to see a World Series champion or even a playoffs that look anything like what we've seen Mm -hmm. in the last couple of years. We talked about uh, Albert Pujols' contract a little bit ago. He's set to make $29 million this year, $30 million next year. And then in 2022, he's an unrestricted free agent. He'll be 42 wow. at that age, too. Take the money and run, man. Get out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's, it's contracts like that, too, when you look into the future of baseball. What, like, when Vlad Jr. gets, you know, gets ready for a big deal, what's his contract going to look like? Because he, he'll get paid by, I mean, obviously it's probably going to be Toronto, but whoever it is at the time, they're going to be paying – everything they have plus whatever they can find to keep him. Mm-hmm. Well, my well sure. And it makes sense. 
Yeah, well, my question is, where's, where's Toronto going to play this season? They've just gotten oused yeah. out of Canada. Where are they going to go? I saw that. I think their, their farm system, their, their AAA is in Buffalo, right? Yes. Yep. So I'm, I'm going to imagine they're either going to be playing all road games or all in Buffalo. But it's not like the fans matter because there aren't going to be fans. So might as well just make Buffalo your temporary home for the season. And, and, and New York's had issues, a lot of issues with COVID, too. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. been a hot state. So who knows what's going to happen there? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, same thing it's with Chicago. interesting. Same thing with Chicago. Okay. I was shocked that they, they're allowing games to happen at Wrigley Field. And, I mean, they're opening up the rooftop bleachers, actually, across the yep. on Waveland and Sheffield. $350 a piece, though. So mm-hmm. it's the same thing in St. Louis. They're opening up. Cardinals Nation. I've went there once. Very beautiful spot, by the way. It's right across the street mm-hmm. from Bush Stadium, yep. and th- those are a hundred dollars a piece. So you can see the teams are trying to make money off of this, but they're doing it at their own fans' expenses. Basically, you're paying a hundred dollars yeah. to watch it when you can watch it on TV, and then you're paying three fifty to sit in the to sit across the across the street from Wrigley Field. No offense, I wouldn't even pay for that, and I'm a huge Cubs fan. Right. I uh, and I just came through Chicago this afternoon. Came through O'Hare. O'Hare was packed, but everybody had a mask on. Everybody that I saw, anyway, had a mask on, and they were taking precautions. And same thing on the airplanes. Everybody was mandatory for masks. But, you know, speaking of uh, being in the bleachers, I was watching the Indians game today, and there was Pirates fans probably two blocks away sitting on a rooftop bar with binoculars looking into (laughs) the stadium, and they had a TV going on in the background. So ESPN went over there and talked to these people. And uh, they just said, yeah, we're just big fans. We miss baseball, and this is how we're going to do it. So they sat there with binoculars, looked into the field. Wow. Yeah, that's – and well, and I think that's, that's going to be another thing is, yes, the fans aren't going to be at these games, but how many of these fans are going – how many of these really diehard fans are going to travel to these away sites and do whatever they can? You know, guys get hotel rooms where they can peek into the stadium, whatever it may be. How many of these guys are going to do that? I'm really curious to see what's going to happen with that. I'm curious to see how Wrigleyville is going to handle it because they just built like a really nice park, like parkway right by Wrigley Field where all those new buildings are. And Mm -hmm. they got a big screen right there. And there's rumors that they're actually going to show the Cubs game on that big screen. So fans aren't going into the state, being tempted to go in the state and they can just stand there and watch the game which I don't know if they're going to tra- – I bet they'll charge money for that too. I mean, that's properties owned by the Cubs as well. So right. it just depends because I could see a spike of COVID numbers going up that way, and that's mm-hmm. going to be the mm-hmm. way that it could shut down baseball in the, in the city of Chicago or even mandate <clears throat> further restrictions in Chicago to mm-hmm. going mm-hmm. to these sites. Like, no offense to Southside, it's a dump. Yeah. Nobody, <laughs> nobody wants to get caught over there by – Guaranteed rate field, well, I call it U.S. Cellular still to this day. But nobody really wants to be over there to watch a game. They really don't have much of, like, a screen or anything. Like, they're not in a really nice area like Wrigley Field. Mm-hmm. Wrigley Field is a very beautiful area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you got the White Sox on the south side, which is yeah. kind of – And, you know, maybe, too, when it comes to fans, you know, waiting on to see what happens. But NASCAR just put 20,000 people in Bristol Motor Speedway the other day. And yeah. so, you know, depending on maybe what comes back from that, People model what they did because they, if you look at the overhead of the track, people were spread out. They had a, they they social distanced very well for this, I and mean, there was twenty thousand people. 
Now, granted, I don't know, you know, they haven't released, you know, how many people had it, this, that, and the other. But still, if it was a really low number, maybe some of these teams take the model of what they did. It'll be interesting to see as the season plays on, you know, if my, my, I'm curious if COVID numbers dive and, you know, they take a significant dive or even show some kind of dive, how many of these teams are willing to say, you know what, we're going to let 8,000 fans into our, you know, 35, 40,000 seat stadium just so that we have some kind of a home field advantage. I think that'd be really interesting to see. Yeah, it wouldn't be a bad idea. Or even let some of the away fans come in too, just mm-hmm. so people can watch baseball and they can make revenue a little bit too on top of that. Mm-hmm. The only revenue they're going to be making right now is through jersey sales and hat sales really online. That's really about it. Mm-hmm. They're not going to make ticket revenue. They're not going to make food revenue from selling beers and hot dogs and nachos and all that stuff at the ballpark and programs, all that, that's all going to take a nosedive. So you got to find a way to get that revenue back up. Otherwise you're going to be in the crapper come next season. Well, and AJ and I were talking about this not too long ago. We're going to see these, these TV deals, you know, are going to really affect small market and big market teams. You know, oh, yeah. they're going to affect the teams who are doing well. They're going to affect the teams who aren't doing well. And it doesn't even matter your market. I think, you know, no matter what, people will tune in to watch the New York Yankees. That's just – that's a given. That's they're a, they're a mainstay in baseball. Win or lose, people will always watch the New York Yankees. But if you see, like, a Cleveland Indians or Chicago Cubs or Cincinnati Reds go on a huge run – you, you've got to hope as the owner of those teams that your team does go on a big run because more, te- more people are going to watch that team play because they're successful. Uh, you know, and I think this is the year where it's so critical for these teams. Your success is going to – or your, your revenue is solely dependent on how successful you are. I was at Red Games at the end of the season last year where the, they were still more than half the stadium was full. And that's, I mean, that's a common thing. But now if we've got a 60-game season and the Reds are, have no shot at the playoffs, I probably won't watch as many games or I won't be as focused as I would be if we had a full season just because now it's, all right, got to find a channel where it's on. You know, those TV deals are going to be so critical to these teams. Yeah, I definitely can agree with you on that. I mean, the Cubs just went and got their own network, the Marquee Sports Network, this season. Mm-hmm. So what a way to start the mar- the first year of the Marquee Sports Network. You get, like, I think two weeks in spring training, you got games on there, and then COVID cancels spring training, and then you got to show, like, old reruns. you got to show, like, original programming shows. you got to find a way to make that money back from people who bought this to watch the Cubs that's all mm-hmm. they wanted this for. I mean, here in Northwest Indiana, our big TV uh, person is Comcast. Comcast hasn't yeah. had a deal with the Marquee Sports Network yet. So all these Comcast people are upset that they can't, they can't watch the Cubs. When the Cubs went, decided to go to Marquee Sports Network, my father, who is a diehard Cubs fan like me, said if they don't make the Cubs free like it's been for the past so many years – I'm going to cancel my cable because there's, I'm going to cancel like all the extra stuff for the sports. There's no mm-hmm. point in having it anymore because I can't mm-hmm. watch the team. I love. And if, right. now, and you guys know this too, Tyler, probably a little bit more, but you know, in Indianapolis during the Indy 500, it's blacked out. You can't, if you live in Indy, you can't watch the 500 live. Right. You can live on the radio, but you have to watch the replay at five o'clock that night. 
It's one of the biggest sporting events in the world, and you can't watch it when it's in your own backyard. I guess it's the worst. The, I went to the 99th and 100th running, and I believe they showed the 100th live. But outside of that, I think that's it. But mm-hmm. I, totally, I totally feel you, though, on the whole, like, you know, not showing your team and blacking out and things like that. It's, especially with 60 games, mm-hmm. you know, especially like, just, just show them. It's 60 yeah. games. It's the only way you're going to recoup any dollars that you've lost in advertising and sales and marketing. So, it's, they're, I don't know. It's just going to be really interesting, especially, you know, like Fox Sports Ohio. They don't have a contract in, in place with one of the big Ohio t- uh, cable providers right now. So, yeah. and obviously it won't be resolved by the season start. So, who knows? I mean, we might just be going old school to listen to it on the radio again this year. That's basically what I'm going to be down to. I don't mind listening to the radio. I like the guys on the radio. And the fact was, like, tonight there was an exhibition game between the Cubs and the White Sox. I was really looking forward to watching it on ESPN, and it's blacked out. I can't even mm-hmm. watch it on ESPN. Yeah, it's frustrating. And I think and it's so funny to me these owners were complaining about, oh, well, we're not going to make money. We shouldn't pay these players. Get a DV or get a, set something up solely for your fans. So they can tune in and watch your home games. You'll make so much cash off of that. And it's going to cost you so much less than printing tickets for an entire season. Like it, it, it's a clear, clear money opportunity for those, those clubs. It is. And it's essentially the same thing that WWE did a couple of years ago, making their own network mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. showing their own pay-per-views on there instead of doing the old, old pay-per-view route where you pay, to watch a pay-per-view event. You pay $9.99 a month, you get the pay-per-view and all the content with it. I really think that's where most, you know, it's like like an ESPN Plus type thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that most organizations, most leagues, will have have to do something similar because these contracts, these TV contracts are becoming ridiculous. Absolutely. And that's, that's, that's for me too. It's like I would happily pay 10 bucks a month to watch every single Reds game for these next two and a half months. Are you kidding me? That's a no brainer. You know, then you also get postseason, you get whatever, but that, that's a no brainer. And I'm sure that there are thousands of fans of every single one of these teams who would pay that 10 bucks a month. Even if you get 20,000 fans paying 10 bucks a month for three months, you know, that's what that's 300,000 or $600,000 or something like that's a no brainer. It's, it's an easy decision, and I just I don't know why these teams aren't thinking about it as proactively as I think they should be. Yeah, you're right. And going back to the idea of, like, paying a certain amount to watch your favorite team, I mean, the MLB, MLB.TV, they do that already, where mm-hmm. you pay, I think, what, is it $60 for the year or something like that? Yeah. One team? But here's the yeah, thing. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah, but that's more, that's more focused to people who are, like, out of the market that want to watch like their favorite team. Like say you're in New York and you can't get a, you can't get the Chicago Cubs except for like the national games on Fox and ESPN every, every week. Mm-hmm. So you're going to pay 60 bucks to watch the Chicago Cubs in New York. See, if I do it here in Indiana, it's still blacked out. I still can't watch the Chicago Cubs because right. the local media takes over that. It's one way I got through watching the Cubs when I was up at central Michigan was through MLB.TV was because mm-hmm. I was in a different, completely different area. I could actually watch the Cubs without getting blacked out. 
Now, Tigers, on the other hand, I had trouble doing that, but I mean, they're on Fox Sports Detroit, so you can watch that. Right. That's available on every television package in Michigan, basically. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And I, you know, like you mentioned the Fox Sports Detroit, you know, Fox Sports Ohio hasn't signed anything with Cincinnati or Cleveland. I would imagine if they're going to sign something with one of them, you'd sign a contract probably with Cleveland. They're the one, they're the team with the more recent success. They, I mean, they have that track record, which is fine, but then, you know, there's gotta be a sports network, you know, Southern Indiana, you know, Northern Kentucky, Southern Ohio, there's gotta be something down there that could kind of take over, but it'll be interesting to see. I hope, I really hope that I I know I saw something with MLB.TV is going to be doing some sort of a package, but I don't, excuse me, I don't know if they're doing a blackout or if they're giving everybody access. I think they should just give everybody access to the games that they want to watch because we can't be there. You know, the whole blackout thing makes sense when there are seats available and you can, and you're close enough, you could go to the event. Mm -hmm. Having a blackout now doesn't make sense. Yeah, I totally agree with that. If they don't black, if they don't black it out, because like on top of the other hand, like with like you have to pay extra for like if you're in New York, you have to pay extra for yet yes network for the mm-hmm. Yankees games, or if you're here, you have to pay extra to do the Marquee Sports Network, or you can just order it on Hulu Plus as plus as well, which is I think sixty bucks for the year is what on top of that. Yeah, but, actually, I think it's sixty bucks a month to be honest. Okay, okay. And but the fact it but the fact is if MLB.tv did that where they didn't block out any of the local area games, I'd be perfectly fine with that. I might actually consider getting MLB.tv just so I can watch the Cubs on the Marquee Sports Network instead mm-hmm. of like having to go to a bar and watch the game or go to a restaurant. Sure. And hope sure, that they absolutely. have the game. Exactly, because not all the the Marquee Sports Network really hasn't signed many big deals with TV providers. I think the biggest one they signed was with DirecTV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and I think that that's what's going to be kind of the interesting thing to see what they're going to end up doing with all this. Because I think there's an opportunity to do something special, but they just have to figure out if they want to do something special. You know, I think you know they're they're worried about the money take care of the fans, you know, show the fans a little bit of loyalty. Yeah. You're going to take some financial hits, show the fans. So looking at our collective teams, we've got Cleveland Indians, Cincinnati Reds, Chicago Cubs. You guys want to go ahead. Uh, Tyler, I'll start with you. One player that you think is going to have a better year than expected. One player who you think may have a regressed year, a year that's not going to be as good as expected because of the limited schedule. Yeah, um, I'm looking up and down at the roster. I've been looking up and down like for the last couple of days, just looking at to see who's made it. I'm mm-hmm. happy. I'm happy that Jason Kip- Kipnis is on the roster now. Thanks a lot, mm-hmm. by the way, Cleveland, for giving us. That hurts me still to this day. <laughs> <laughs> I love Kip. Absolutely love him. He's a hometown boy. He's from Northville. He's back in the Windy City, so I'm pretty happy to have him back. I'm looking down up and down this lineup. And one player that I've had my eye on for a while, he just came up last year. I'm going to go with Nico Horner. He was a young prospect coming up last year. I got to see him play against the Pirates last year, and he was unbelievable. He had a heck of a bat. He had a great glove. I feel like he's due for a breakout year. I mean, 
if he could possibly win rookie of the year, he could possibly do it. I would love to see Nico Horner as that breakout star. My regress star, I really hate to admit it, but I think it's going to be you, Darvish, because, I mean, he had a hot end to 2019 i mean he was striking people Mm -hmm. out he wasn't giving up that many home runs like he usually does it was mostly ground balls and fly balls Mm -hmm. but i feel like it's going to come back to bite him in the butt i feel like he's due for another spike in his era it seems like it's done that for every year he's been in the mlb he'll have a good season then he'll have a bad season he'll have a good season then he'll have a bad season it's just up Mm -hmm. and down for him so that's the guy who i'm thinking is going to have a regressed year this year okay uh aj uh what about you with cleveland i mean i can yeah, go the, if you want if, yeah i got it right uh, there you know, i'm looking at the lineup here and the guy who i think for me who's gonna have a breakout year is mike clevenger uh mm. pitcher for the indians he uh looks like nicknamed sunshine looks like sunshine from remember the titans long hair he was uh 13 to 4 last year the 2.71 era 169 strikeouts and a 106 whip um, I think he gets close to well, – obviously, if we're playing a full season, he would, he would, he would have 20 wins, I think. Um, mm. He's probably going to float around – I mean, 13 last year. He's probably going to float around that again, maybe 15 here and there. But uh, I think Clevenger's due for a big year. I follow him on social media. He's did, his training looks great this year. He's throwing a lot of fastballs. His fastball is getting quicker. Um, you know, from the videos that I've seen, it looks like he's going to have a good year. And, you know, looking here, the guys who may uh, kind of fall back or slide down, you know, I'm going to kind of go with Cesar Hernandez. We picked him up this year from uh, Philadelphia mm-hmm. to uh, – he's going to play second base in, in replace of Kipnis. Uh, he had a pretty solid year in Philly last year. He batted two, or 279 with 14 home runs, 71 RBIs. That's kind of what you expect from a second baseman. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think just coming into a new team and not having much of a spring training, especially in a division that is tough like the AL Central, because you're going to get great pitching from Minnesota. Uh, Detroit mm-hmm. starting to you know find their rhythm, find their groove, uh, and the White Sox as well. Uh, so I think uh, you know, coming in with a new team, it's going to be a little tough. And uh, mm-hmm. But, I mean, I like our, you know, our infield. I mean, Francisco Lindor is always going to be a legend. Uh, uh, Jose Ramirez and uh, Carlos Santana are always going to be solid. So I have no worries about them and really no worries about the outfield, but not mm-hmm. knowing much about Cesar Hernandez uh, and coming into a new season. He's at 30 years old as well. So he's the right. second oldest fielder behind Carlos Santana, who's 34. So um, just really curious to see how that, how that transition goes, but I think it could be a rough start for him. Okay. Okay. So I'm looking at the Cincinnati Reds roster. And there are a lot of new faces to the team, not necessarily to baseball, but to the team that I think could make a lot of noise or could have a horrible season. Everybody knows Cincinnati is a hitter-friendly park. It's one of the smaller parks in baseball, uh, so it's very hitter-friendly. I think my, my player who's going to have a significantly better season than he did last year, Trevor Bauer, starting pitcher, I think – He's just such a cerebral pitcher, and when he's on, he's really on. I think he's now he's gotten a chance to work with the Reds um, pitching coach. He's gotten an opportunity to look at his own stuff, review his own stuff, and I think now we're going to see Trevor Bauer really take his game back up to that all-star level that he had a few years ago. 
I, I have been very high on him ever since we got him from Cleveland. Thank you, AJ. And uh, so I think that he has the opportunity to really have a special season in Cincinnati this year. Um, my player who I think may have a regressed year, for me, I'm a little bit worried about Eugenio Suarez. I, I mean, he caught fire in a big way. The guy had 50 home runs last year, just out of nowhere, just played out of his mind. Obviously, we can't expect 50 home runs. You know, that'd be almost a home run a game. We can't expect that. But I think that comparatively, we're going to see him take a step back. That's another year teams have gotten the chance to figure out how he plays, how he hits. And now it's all these opponents that he's going to be playing consistently. You know, he's going to play the same nine opponents all year. I don't think that he has that that same magic that he did a year ago. Mm-hmm. And you know my story about Suarez, too. When he was with the Tigers organization, I was doing my internship in Toledo. And he, yeah. came, he flew through the organizations. I mean, he was up in the bigs in no time, mm-hmm. just compared mm-hmm. to most minor leaguers. But he came oh, yeah. up in Toledo when I was there, and he was there a very short amount of time before he <laughs> made the trip up 75 to Detroit. But mm-hmm. uh, you're right, I think he has kind of – I'm not going to say regressed – over his career, but I think he's definitely slowed down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I think I can agree with that. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. I think that he's got a lot of hit power, so he brings a very positive bat to the to the, the lineup, but I, I don't think that his def- – I think his offense will take a slight step back this year, but I think his defense will will have a little less kick to it. Last year he was a very solid defender for the Reds, and, I mean, they played him everywhere. They played him at third base. They played him in the outfield. Like, I mean, they just bounced him everywhere. Anywhere you needed him, he was there. So I think I think that that has long-term hurt him a little bit more than it's helped him. He's a great player wherever you need him. But I think that if they continue to use him that way, he's not going to be a superstar anywhere. That's how I feel about the Cubs losing Ben Zobrist in the offseason. I feel like he was such the – he was just the perfect utility player. You could place him anywhere. You could place him at second yeah. base. You could place him at third base. You could place him at shortstop. You could place him anywhere in the outfield. He was unbelievable. Now we don't have him. So it's kind of like you're losing that bat, but you're also losing a very, very handy player when it comes to defensive purposes mm-hmm. as well. But you are gaining that player in Jason Kipnis because he can play the outfield well, too. He did, it, he did in the World Series. Yeah, very he he can play all over the field, and I, you know, I think being in those Cubs stripes, it's you know, it's it's gonna be nice for him to be home. But like I said, mm-hmm. you, you lose a player like Zobers too is can play all over. But Kipnis, he can fill that role very well. You know, if somebody's hurt in the outfield, they'll throw him out there, and he'll be just fine. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. And I guess we'll we'll wrap this up. You know, obviously, we got a chance to talk about our teams a little bit. If you had to pick one team in the division, not yours, to win the division, and then let's get World Series matchup and championship predictions. Uh, AJ, I'll start with you. Outside of the Indians, I think the Twins will win the division. I just think they have the better overall bat right now. They kind of came out of nowhere last year. The Tribe were leading the division pretty pretty much throughout the year, and then you kind of get after All-Star break, or you get to All-Star break, rather, and the Twins are kind of knocking on the door. And then they ended up taking the lead, and the you Indians know, just ran out of games. Essentially, they were two or three games back to lose it. World Series-wise, though, I'm going to go Yankees 
just because I like their rotation. I think with Garrett Cole, uh, mm-hmm. I think that rotation, I think it just solidifies that rotation more. They have got a lot of guys who are looking for a bounce back year, Judge included. He didn't have the mm-hmm. year he was expecting last year, so I think he's also had an extra three months to you know work on his swing and, and correct what he needed to correct. And so I'm going to go Yankees, and you know I think the best team in the West is probably the Dodgers, even without David Price. That's a team that's okay. still really intriguing without David Price. You know, he, he goes there from Boston, he and Mookie Betts, and Price decides not to play. But yet the rotation is still pretty solid. So I'm going to go uh, Dodgers, uh, but I still think the Yankees probably end up winning it. Okay. Okay. Tyler? See, this is uh, tough for me because I really don't like any of the teams in the Central. I'm just me being <laughs> a huge Cubs fan, I guess. Sure. But, and I hate to say this, but I think it's going to be – Outside of the Cubs winning the division, I think it's going to be the St. Louis Cardinals. I mean, look at them. They got a great rotation with uh, Jack Flattery as their ace in the hole right there. He had a great end of the season. He was a Cy Young finalist last year. I really liked watching Jack pitch. He was a very interesting guy. You still have Adam Wainwright. You still got Mike. No, you don't have Michael Walker anymore. Correction. You got Carlos Martinez in the bullpen, and you also got Andrew Miller, who's digressed in the last couple of years, but he's still the elite guy that you know. You got Yachty behind the plate, Paul Goldschmidt over at first, Colton Wong at second, Matt Carpenter as like a utility position player, and then you got Tommy Edmond, and then Dexter Fowler, of course, me being a Cubs fan, huge loss seeing him in the Cardinals uniform now. But, yeah, Mm -hmm. I think that the Cardinals would win the Central outside of the Chicago Cubs because I feel like it's just going to be between – this is just me saying – I feel like it's going to be between Cubs, Reds, and Cardinals for the Central. I think Milwaukee Mm -hmm. doesn't have really much of a chance. They have good bats, but they really don't have a pitching rotation. Then Pittsburgh, I don't know what's going on out there in the Steel Sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'll uh, I'll go back and forth with you on that a little bit. I think you're right. I think the – NL Central is so top heavy that nobody's going to get a get a really an inch on anybody else until we're in the last 10 games and it's going to come down to those 10 games Uh, I do agree with you but uh, your World Series prediction who do you think is in it and who do you think wins it so for the National League I'm definitely going to go the Dodgers I think they have the best rotation out there especially with the one-two punch of Clayton Kershaw and Walker Buehler, who I believe is going to win the Cy Young this year. Okay. Strikeout king, great, great slider, great fastball. I totally forgot he was out there. Yeah. <laughs> Can't forget about Buehler, baby. But, uh, and also picking up Mookie Betts in the offseason. I mean, that was a monster deal. I mean, you send Alex Verdugo, who was a very good young outfielder, to Boston, along sure. with the top prospect in Jeter Downs, who I got to see play when he was with Dayton for – when I worked for the Lugnuts. So and okay. he was really interesting to watch. Uh, and then you got the reigning MVP and Cody Bellinger back. You got Max Muncie, who's always good. Justin Turner always has a good year. Corey Seager. I mean, the Dodgers are just loaded. Pitching and sure. hitting 100%. And then the, the American League, I don't know. I don't feel like the Yankees are going to make that much noise. I've got a sleeper out there named the Tampa Bay Rays, who I believe – are going to make it. I mean, the batting wise, they're not, they do have a lot of good bats, but I love this rotation with Tyler glass now who was on fire to begin the 2019 season. And then 
he gets the little arm injury. He's out for six. He's on the 60 day injured list and we don't see him pitch until the end of the season. And he still is throwing under, I think about a one ERA and it was unbelievable. You got Charlie Morton, who was a Cy Young finalist. And then on top of that, you also have got Blake Snell, the 2018 Cy Young award winner. And then mm-hmm. just an unbelievable bullpen anchored by uh, Nick Anderson as your closer. And you know one Tampa Bay Ray that you didn't mention who doesn't get a lot of love like he should, and that's Fort Wayne's own Kevin Kiermeyer. I forgot about Kiermeyer. He's a Fort Wayne kid. He might be one of the next big things in baseball. He's had a phenomenal two seasons down there in center field, and uh, he's definitely going to make some noise in the next couple of years. Definitely a name to keep an eye out on. AJ, I know you and I talked a lot of those Fort Wayne and those Ohio area kids. Completely forgot he was down there. Yeah, but, yeah. Then him and then uh, Van Meter. He's uh, yep. from Norwell, which is just south of Fort Wayne, a couple minutes. Yep. Yeah, and uh, Sean Manaya, all the way out in uh, Oakland, he's originally yeah. from Valparaiso. He is, that's right. Now, I well, can I remember, thought- too, like when I played, it was Crown Point. They had like nine of their 12 guys go Division One. It was like 2010, probably, 2009, mm-hmm. something like that. They were just pumping out ball players at that point. Yeah, I think the Midwest and, you know, Ohio, Indiana, Michigan, Illinois, all just hotbed states for baseball. Obviously, California is a big one. You know, they've got a lot of great baseball schools over there. But, I mean, the Midwest is just such a heavy baseball area, which is just pretty incredible to think about, honestly. I think it is my turn for my predictions outside of the Cincinnati Reds, who will be the NL Central champs this year. I do believe that the Chicago Cubs, it's going to be a a three-horse race, but I do believe outside of Cincinnati, the team that could do it will be the Chicago Cubs. Yes, they had quite the shakeup with losing a lot of different players last year. I am fully confident that that's a team that's hungry. They've got players and people in that organization still from the World Series championship from 2016. They understand what it's like to be in that spotlight. They understand what it's like to compete and know what know what that feels like to go for a title. So I really think that that gives them an advantage over the rest of the division. They're the ones who have most recently done it. They're the most the team who is most recently the most successful. So I do believe that it's going to be the Chicago Cubs. St. Louis, like you mentioned, Tyler, right up there. They've got a phenomenal team down there. There's a lot of good pieces involved. And if they get their mechanics right early, they'll be they're a force to reckon with. I think it's interesting Tyler mentioned the Tampa Bay Rays for his World Series prediction. My World Series prediction is a little more similar to that of AJ's. I do have the Dodgers in the World Series. I think we all agree that the Dodgers will be there. That's a that's pretty much a given. I really, really like the Astros as much as I don't like the Astros. I really like the Astros to make some noise and get back to it to basically say, look, we can do this without the the scandal. We can win this whole thing without cheating, without the sign stealing. You know, there, there's a lot of off-season chatter with the Astros and getting getting a lot of, you know, looks about, oh, well, this, oh, well, that, these punishments are being handed down. I think that they've got a good enough team that if they make a run – at the right time and they get hot at the right time that they could easily be in the world series. I do believe that the Dodgers 
Dodgers win the whole thing this year. I don't, I don't think anybody else is catching the Dodgers this year. I do believe that the Dodgers have the team to beat, but it is only 60 games. If they start off slow, they're looking at a wild card spot. They have to fight a lot harder to get to the World Series. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, interesting. I mean, I got the Dodgers winning it all, too, over the Rays. The fact is, just Houston with the scandal and everything, They got a, you got a new manager in Dusty Baker there, former mm-hmm. Cubs and Cincinnati manager, of course, mm-hmm. and Washington. Forgot he had a stint for the Nationals as well. So yep. he's a good manager, don't get me wrong, but – Here's a, is it the lack of playoff experience, the lack of playoff wins? Is that going to affect him though? That's the thing. He's got a good team. I mean, he's got Jose Altuve. He's got George Springer. He's got Alex Bregman, who most likely will be the MVP in 2020 for the American League. You got mm-hmm. Yuri Gurriel. You got Josh Reddick. You've got Justin Verlander, a bona fide Hall of Fame, first ballot Hall of Famer, possibly, unless the scandal hurts him as well. And then you got a really good uh, bullpen ending in your closer with Roberto Ozuna, who you picked mm-hmm. up from Toronto a couple seasons ago. So, yeah, it's just the fact that he just hasn't been able to win the big one yet. I mean, he made it to the championship series with the Cubs in twenty in 2003, and mm-hmm. they, we all know the story. They blew it to the Marlins in seven yep. games. So I just feel like the lack of winning for Dusty Baker could affect the Houston Astros from making it to the world series this year. Mm -hmm. No, that's fair. That's fair. I think, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with these teams and see what they end up doing. It's going to be, it's going to be a wild season. We only got 60 games. I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to some baseball. Finally, definitely going to watch that nationals Yankees game and then Dodgers giants to follow that follow up right after that. You know, and there is one team too, that I'm going to be kind of interested in seeing. And that's the Texas Rangers. Mm-hmm. With the addition of Corey Kluber to that lineup this year, and they brought in Nick Goody, another guy from Cleveland, uh, Luke Farrell, Kyle Gibson. A lot of these guys are, aren't bad. They've got a really good young roster and a really good rotation outside. I mean, you look at Kluber, he's the oldest at 34. Everybody else is, well, there's, I guess, uh, Jesse Chavez is 36. But outside mm-hmm. of those two guys, it's a fairly young lineup. So I'm really curious to see how they perform this year as well. My team really to watch out for, uh, I hate to say it, I'm going to go with the Chicago White Sox because great rotation, minus the fact that Michael Kopech isn't going to play this year because of COVID reasons. But you got Giolito, you got Dallas Keuchel, you got Dylan Cease, and you've got Ronaldo Lopez. Those are four really good pitchers. And then you got Alexi uh, Comlier as your closer. And then you got Tim Anderson, who just won the batting title last year. And Jose Abreu, you picked up. Yasmani Grandal, who's going to be your number one catcher. You picked up Edwin Encarnacion, who is an unbelievable DH. Yep. And then you got just a great outfield, especially since they just decided to put Luis Robert out there, one of their top prospects, and then Aloy Jimenez as well. Now you are losing, I think, a very key component at second base when they didn't re-sign Yolmer Sanchez, who just won the Golden Glove. He's out in San Francisco now. Mm-hmm. So you got a little bit of a hole at second base, but I feel like the white that Ricky Renteria is going to fill that spot very easily. And with sure. the White Sox, too, I didn't realize they signed Edwin Encarnacion. I totally spaced that one. That signing didn't make a lot of news, I don't think. It, no, it wasn't highly publicized. I don't remember seeing it, but I'm looking at their line yeah. of the rock. 
right here. And, you know, it hurts me that James McCann's not their everyday guy because he's one of my boys. And so just, you know, they brought him in there because he had a great couple years in Detroit, brought him in. He had a great – he had an all-star year mm-hmm. last year, and now he's not going to be the guy. So that hurts a little bit, but that's just, you know, a personal thing. Well, what mm-hmm. I'm hearing from my best friend who is a White Sox fan, he said that they're fitting James McCann to be – catching when Giolito's out there. So they're doing the same thing that Chicago did when they had David Ross and mm-hmm. John Lester. John Lester or David Ross always caught when John Lester pitched. Right. You really didn't you really saw David Ross catch after that. It's gonna be the same mm-hmm. thing for the White Sox. When ah. Giolito pitches, McCann's gonna catch. Otherwise I believe it's gonna be Grandal unless Grandal needs a day off. Mm-hmm. Yeah James and I became boys when he was in Toledo. <laughs> nice. uh, was a good dude. Really good dude. Yeah, no, I think I, I think it'll be interesting to see. The team I kind of have my eye on is the Athletics. I really think that they've got a lot of good pieces, and they could be sneaky good if things go the right way for them. I know there's a couple writers who have have them winning the division out west. A couple writers who have them sneaking into the wild card. I'm interested to see what they end up actually doing this season. Because I think they do have a lot of good pieces, but it's again, it's we've got sixty games. There's no opportunity for you to have a, you know, a dead period in your play. You've got to be on every single day. Yeah, guys, I think that's gonna about do it for us today. Tyler, did you want to talk about your show really quick so we could get people to get excited about that? Yeah, absolutely. So it's me and one of my best friends from college, Christian Taylor, who lives out in Maryland. I live in Indiana, of course. And we've just been, whenever we talk, we always just go on these long, like, long talks about nothing but sports. And we can talk for hours about stuff, like the littlest things, too. Like, I think Mm -hmm. we had a conversation on, like, an entire conference championship or something like that. Like we just go on and on and we thought, Hey, why don't we do that? And we put it in a podcast because we've been always been talking about it. And during this quarantine, uh, during the COVID Christian and I came up with the idea of doing it and it's kind of stuck. We've done two shows so far. They've been very good. Uh, first show, we talked a lot of football, talked some soccer because we're the underrated, so we kind of talk about the underrated sports. We'll talk about soccer. We're going to talk about a little bit of wrestling, which is kind of my area of expertise because I'm a huge wrestling fan. We'll talk college sports. We'll talk hockey, basketball, baseball, anything really that has to deal with sports. We'll talk about it. Episode three, we're actually recording tomorrow night. It's going to be our MLB preview show. It's going to be really, it's going to be so cool. Christian and I are big baseball fans. He is a Royals fan. So we're really excited to get back to talking about some baseball in a positive manner. And then after that, we'll get back to our normal schedule. We've been going through the NFL, dissecting each division. Next up is going to be NFC South. And then we'll also wrap up the Premier League because the Premier League will be over by then. But yeah, check it out. Uh, The underrated show under Christian Taylor's name, if you look it up on SoundCloud. Like I said, two shows out. We're looking to get a bigger following so we can possibly get some... uh, get it more get it going more often we're looking to make a facebook page and a twitter page next that's our next goal cool cool man well thank you tyler so much for joining us tonight we definitely appreciate it and we'll be chatting with you again real soon man all right sounds good thanks a lot guys have a good night you too all right aj 
I think that's going to about do it for me on my end. Did you have anything you wanted to add? I'm all set, man. I am exhausted. Definitely earned that sleep tonight. So, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We definitely appreciate it. If you get the chance, check us out on Twitter at College Sport Pod. You can find us on Twitter. Uh, we're inching closer to 500 followers. So, if you guys want to help us out and help us reach that 500, we might do a giveaway or something, you know, see what we can do. You can also follow our Beard Cousins. They are the Beard Brothers Fantasy Football Podcast over at Beard Bros FF. Be sure to give them a like, give them a follow, cranking out some good last-minute fantasy football content for you guys as we're gearing up for the NFL season. And you can follow our collaborative effort at 4BS Network. It is the 4 Beardsmen Sports Network, our parent company for Beard Brothers and here at the College Sports Connection. Check that out. Follow that on Twitter right now. We just launched that Twitter not too long ago. You can follow myself at SheerDumbLuck on Twitter, and you can follow AJ at Ruffings55. So, yeah, AJ, thanks so much. This is a great episode. I'm excited we're getting baseball back this week. I can't wait. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's been a long time coming, that's for sure. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see you next week. See you.